Bam, Adam. How you doing, man? It's fun. good, man. It's fucking good. great to finally have you on here, man. We have been try- I've been trying to get you in here for weeks now. I think this is like the fourth, fourth try that we had, and this is like the fourth time, Lucky. Uh, first of all, I want to say thank you very much for being patient, and it is an honor to have you on, man. How you been? Been good, man. Been really good. We, we, we finally made it, didn't we? We got here. We got here. Oh. It's going to be worth the wait. It's going to yep. be worth the wait, that's for sure. I um, certainly hope so. So the first time, I couldn't get the room. Second time, I think we was think something happened and all that. First aid, I think it was maybe was it the first aid? Yeah, first aid course or something like that. Yeah, yes, that's right. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then there was the traffic incident, which I was so mad about because I had two episodes that day booked back to back, and I thought, oh fuck, if I lose one, I don't want to lose the other. And it took me like what was supposed to be a thirty-minute trip into like two hours. But uh, without further ado, this is it, my man. We're here. So let's start with introducing to the audience. Who you are and what you do. Man. Sure, sure. Look, obviously my name is Adam and I am the owner of uh, PT Mechanics. Uh, look, PT Mechanics has been around for, I'd say about two to three years, like the actual business model, uh, that particular business model, but we sort of did like a little bit of a rebrand about a year and a half ago. So the actual PT Mechanics brand's probably been about a year and a half. So for those that don't know, what we do is we do like business mentoring for fitness professionals, uh, personal trainers man so yeah that's essentially me that's essentially uh the business yeah awesome so let's start by rewinding the clock back a little bit because we've actually crossed paths crossed paths quite a few times believe it or not i mean you used to be working at one of the stores that was not too far from my gym and i'd always go in there and say hello and then what happened was we started talking over Instagram now because on PT Mechanics, I didn't know what you looked like because all your content was like uh, educational content. Sure. It wasn't actually, you know, like an influencer posting himself. And then I heard your voice. Like we got in touch over the phone. I was like, why do I recognize this voice? And <laughs> I saw your face. And I thought, well, didn't you used to work at that store? And I was like, holy shit, we've known each other for all these years, but yeah. we've never actually, yeah. you know, interacted on another basis. So let's rewind that a little bit. So. How did you go from, you know, working in that store to where you are right now with PT Mechanics? I think you'd have to even like go back a step further from that to sort of get to like for me to answer that properly. So, um, look, I was working on the East Coast doing my thing over there. And then, um, you know, my brother was actually uh, touring around uh, Australia doing his thing and uh, got to Kalgoorlie, got in the mining industry. At the time, I needed a bit of a change. So I, I basically was like, hey, man, what's going on over there? Went to Kalgoorlie, did the mining thing like we all do. Uh, look, the mining was great and everything like that. It just probably just didn't gel well with me. You know, I, d- I actually didn't think I was earning that much money from doing it. Like, I was on, like, a higher wage, but compared to what I was earning over in, on the East Coast, it just... Yeah, it didn't, it didn't seduce me or didn't, it didn't like give me that, wow, look at all the money that I'm earning sort of thing. So um, I went from that and I started working for um, Outback Tourism WA, going back to like my marketing background and my branding and, and design background. And at the same time, I was training, probably training more harder than I'd ever trained in my life, loving gym life, uh, you know, really, really falling in, in, in love with it. And this is, this is going back about like 2013. Um, and so uh, a gentleman that I knew and, and had been friends with was actually running the muscle work store in Kalgoorlie mm-hmm. and he needed a, a casual. So I put my hand up for it, you know, so I started working for muscle works and for those people that don't know muscle works, is actually the same thing as supplement market. That's mm-hmm. where I, where I met you, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, um, 
look, and 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 props to the boys that uh, that own uh, Muscleworks. Mm. They uh, they certainly, you know, that job certainly opened up a lot of doors. Meet people like yourself, my man. It's funny, yeah. It's actually to to get that we li- they literally had their staff Christmas party over. Um, I think it was not the Saturday; just went the Saturday before, mm, mm. and I got to meet them and. It was awesome. Well, I got to mean briefly because they have so many staff now and so many stores. But the way they actually take care of everyone, it, yeah. it was awesome. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent, man. Like, uh, uh, look, full credit to um, those gentlemen. Full credit to the business because it opened up a lot of doors and essentially opened up how I come around to doing PC mechanics. And it's quite interesting that uh, I ended up actually being the graphic designer and and brand manager for Muscleworks and Supmart for a short period of time. Wow, okay. Um, Yeah, so I was like co-managing the Muscleworks in Wanneroo and I was working out of there doing like the branding and uh, graphic design for the entire company. And I was like co-doing it with another gentleman as well. Uh, Yeah, look, and then so... uh, uh, I'd, I'd already done my Cert 3 and 4 in Kalgoorlie, um, had the intention of wanting to be a PT. Uh, look, did PT out of Anytime Fitness in Kalgoorlie. The guy that owns that's ended up being one of my best friends. It is the biggest Anytime Fitness in Australia. So I was quite successful doing, you know, I was working at Muscleworks in Kalgoorlie. I was working um, as a PT at Anytime Fitness in Kalgoorlie. Very, very successful at it didn't like Kalgoorlie. <laughs> no offense, no offense, Kalgoorlie, but just did not, it, was, it wasn't my vibe. I'll come from Byron Bay and here I am in, in, uh, wow. in Kalgoorlie. So, uh, so an opportunity presented itself. And, and again, the boys from um, the Muscleworks group presented an opportunity to come down to Perth, manage a store. Uh, yeah, essentially do the graphic design and things like that. And so I was like, yep, I want to do that. Um, get out of Kalgoorlie, come down here, move to beautiful Scarborough, bit of an upgrade from the old uh, Kalgoorlie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man. So I was I was doing that, uh, managing out of the store out of uh, Wanneroo, and I kind of already had like kind of a business idea to help support PTs because I'd done my Cert three and four, and like I said, coming out of that, I was very very successful. I was training a lot of FIFO guys, a lot of uh, high ticket type clients, but where I was successful was I was able to use my sales, marketing, and branding background to just accelerate what I was doing. But at the same time, the people that I saw went th- who went through Cert 3 and 4 were kind of, you know, they were failing, they weren't doing too well. And I kind of like sort of identified even way back then, 2013-14, that there was a bit of a skill shortage or a skill gap there. Mm-hmm. So I, I was uh, talking with another gentleman there. Uh, he'd been six times Mr. Australia. He'd done... Wow. Um, uh, bodybuilding and he'd had PTs under him before and sort of like a fleet over in Sydney and so we sort of started talking about an idea of you know a fleet of PTs to help them survive raise the standard all that type of good stuff um, anyway it did my business idea with him never eventuated and so there I am one day in a uh, Muscleworks Wanneroo mm-hmm. and a Flush Fitness uh, rep came in uh, sponsored athlete sorry and that gentleman ended up being my business partner. So we, uh, we, we started talking a little bit about um, sharing ideas around you know, personal trainers, you know, why they fail. And within this first like an hour of meeting this gentleman, we just gelled really well. And it's, he was actually going to go on and do a business idea like that. And so we sort of uh, sat down, had a few business meetings, and off the back of that, we, in, we come up with Resolution Fitness. Okay. And so, yeah, so Resolution Fitness was... 
the company that we built, and I think we launched that in 2015. Okay. Yep, yep. Okay, yep. So... Essentially, what that was, was we, we had a brand and we wanted PTs to come in under our brand and we would teach them sales, marketing, branding, um, give them leads, give them pre-sold clients and then you know, educate them how to do that themselves. Uh, successful, man. It was really, really, really good. And um, while I was doing that, I was uh, I transferred from Wanneroo down to Inaloo and that's, uh, that's, that's essentially how I uh, yeah ended up... Uh, yeah, unbeknowingly, unbeknowingly met you that many times. So. Yeah, I mean, that's a, it's really a small world when you think about it. Someone told me about this the other day, about six degrees separation. Mm. I think it was a colleague at work. He said that you kind of know everybody in this world through six people. Yeah. I was like, something along those lines, really. But then again, the amount of people that you cross paths with in a daily basis, like how much of you those you actually retain. Now, it's really uh, good that, we actually got to sit down and we actually get to talk about this sort of thing about your business because I personally myself have a lot to benefit. The fact that I'm a PT, a majority of my audi- audience as well is PTs because sure. even though this podcast is a fighting and health podcast because I myself am a personal trainer, I've been doing it for nearly two years now, I'm always talking to personal train- other personal trainers because I want to understand that the way that I attain information is by talking to people rather than just by reading things because uh you know, there's different types of learners, but I feel like when you're engaging in a conversation with someone, you're actively concentrating and listening to them and learning. They're more for, you're more likely to retain information. Now, right off the bat, now you've pretty much established yourself that you have, what did you say, seven years now experience? Yeah, look, I'd say, you know, mentoring personal trainers just in the PT business model is about seven years. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So seven there we go. Then. So that's, again, that's just, I wanted to sort of solidify that before anyone questions what you're going to say yeah, next. Yeah, so sure, you, sure. Know, you know what you're talking about. Hopefully. <laughs> so right off the bat, I wanted to ask you, uh, you mentioned earlier on, why is it that personal trainers fail? So mm. I wanted to ask you, if you could give break down some real tips, like why is it that, you know, because personal training is a very saturated market. Mm. Why is it that some people, you know, quit or don't really quite make it? Great question. <laughs> Actually, yeah, love this, love this question. Uh, look, when we when we first started like Resolution Fitness, and that was like our PT fleet model. Then we went into more of like an education model to increase like our footprint and our expansion with PT mechanics. The sort of the um, the understanding of that uh, completely changed. Early days, we thought it was lack of skill, and it still is to some extent. But it was the lack of skill of understanding how to brand yourself. Mm-hmm. how to market yourself, how to do sales. Because, you know, you come out of Cert 3 and 4, you're a business owner, you're a sole trader, you know, and, and we'd like to say you're kind of like the general manager and you've got to know, you've got all these departments under you, all these skill sets under you that you need to know how to do. You're, you're the content creator, you're the salesperson, mm-hmm. you're customer service, you're all of these aspects. And I don't think that's that emphasis is placed on uh, a PT or a person coming through Cert 3 and 4. So I, I think they're unaware of it. But the biggest one for me is, and, and, I, and I'll, ask you, I'll ask you a quick question. So mm-hmm. if you were going to be a carpenter, how long is an apprenticeship? Three years. Yep. yep. I think, yeah. Yes, I, think <laughs> I, think, I think it's four. I think it's four. I think it's four. Uh, all right, cool. If you were going to be a nurse and you go through uni for a degree, how, how long is how long's the degree? Uh, in nursing, I'm aware it's minimum three years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How long does it take you to get your cert three and four? Six months, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, six months if you do it full time, isn't it? Eight months if you do it part time. Yeah. Apologies, because I got my um, I I had a 
bachelor's degree before I went into um, PT, so that's why that I don't really know that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All Jay, all Jay. Yeah, uh, like at the time when I did it, I did it in six weeks. Six? What? It was study at your own pace. Six weeks. Yeah, with with, uh, with <laughs> it was a great course. AIPT. Yeah, went through it six weeks. The point of what I'm saying here is, is like, do you think if you if you're a carpenter and you finish the four year apprenticeship, you've had a quite a long time to decide and think about that this is definitely the career that I'm going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, going to be doing for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do. You know, you're pretty committed if you're going to put four years into it. The thing for me is, is that how committed are you? If you can get it done in 12 to 24 weeks, how committed are you that you're going to go all in, that you're going to do everything you possibly can to make this, this job and this career, mm-hmm. you know, your be all and end all. And I find it's, it, it is that commitment. And I think I think you you compound that with how the personal trainer lifestyle is portrayed on like say like Instagram and things like that. So people coming into oh I want to I want to be a PT, they're kind of glamorized by what they see on social media. They you know they think oh this is a great idea. You know they do it for like you know twelve to twenty four weeks. It's like how committed are you at the end of that? And when they realise oh shit. I have to do the sales, the marketing yeah, and all this. Yeah. There's a big, big, big bell curve of skill sets that you need to acquire very, very, very quickly to start paying the gym rent. Yep. You've got a build-up phase. Mm-hmm. So the pressure cooker starts coming on straight away as soon as you start finishing. You might go into a particular gym and they might have a build-up phase and like, hey, here's 12 weeks. And at the twelve at the end of 12 weeks, you're paying $300. Yep, yep. That, that is essential. For, for me, man, it, it's, it's uh, being seduced by the industry uh, you know, R- RTOs, some RTOs, not all RTOs, are very, very, very slick at their sales. Mm-hmm. You know, someone might be just inquiring and then bang, they've signed up for a five, six thousand dollar cert three and four. Mm-hmm. Big one is commitment, though. Yeah. You know, how committed are you after 12 to 24 weeks? Yeah. Yeah, man. I think what you just broke down is time, man. Like, uh, one, I, I've, I've had. BJJ Blackbirds come on the show before and business owners come on the show before and they say whenever you do something for the first time, you're never going to be good at it. You understand the more you know, the more you realise you don't know. And then I've had a guy who's been practising BJJ for more than 20 years and he said to me, it's only until now I really understood everything. So I felt like because, you know, in being a business owner and we live in this microwave generation where we expect everything like straight away, that was always the idea that I always had when it come to why PTs fails because you realize there's so much more to just telling people how to do exercises and programming and it's all that other stuff and then you have to take understand takes time to learn and when you broke that down like six weeks to do a course wow I had no idea that was that it was that quick. <laughs> yeah, look, uh, look, I'm not going to say what RTO, but there's another RTO that does study at your own pace. Mm-hmm. And look, there's a, a, another facet of me being in the industry. I was wor- I've worked for two different RTOs, you know, sort of like on the on the front of selling Cert three and four, and that was kind of like that little that experience sort of was a prime catal- catalyst for tra- transitioning into into PT mechanics and we can we can talk about that later but this there's a particular gentleman that I know did cert 3 in a week <laughs> he was locked down in covid he was isolated yeah. um, i'd sold him the course and he would liaise with me and uh, like yourself, uh, what was the degree a bachelor of science yeah i did a d- double major in sports science exercise yeah. and health so, yeah. so he already had all of that knowledge oh. and so he was like i'm like 
what are you doing? He goes, I'm just, I've got nothing to do. I have to isolate. I'm just going to smash the course out. And within a week, he turned the everything around. Mm. But that was him being, yeah, he, A, he's a very, very intelligent person. Mm. B, he, he you know, had already like a, a lot of acquired knowledge already. And C, he's uh, just one of those people, man. But that's that's what I'm, you know, testament. He got it done in, in a week. I'm not saying that anyone could do that or should do that. But <laughs> yeah, it's, he, he did do that. He did do that. Yeah. Oh, cool. So once you'd started all this, um, actually, before we get to that, tell me what was your background? How did you learn how to market yourself and editing and soft? And you said you also did like branding and all that sort of stuff. Did, was there something like you studied? Did you go to university beforehand and study or were you just self-taught? I'm self-taught, my man. Self-taught. Yeah, so how did you teach all yourself this yeah, stuff? Yeah. <laughs> a lot of time, a lot of time <laughs> on my hands. Um, yeah, look, coming up out of high school, I was... Um, you know, I was always very, very creative, um, first in art, you know, it was, a, yeah, it was like a real art sort of a student. And I realised really quickly that um, selling paintings and artwork don't really pay the bills at the end of the week or get your mortgage. So I moved into the next best thing and that was graphic design for me at the time. And quickly I fell in love with the whole the idea of creating a brand and a logo and the values and the personality and how it all ties together to sort of communicate to your audience and there's the the science and the psychology behind it all and I found you know I found that was very very fascinating so um, I started doing this all around about 2002 2003 where I ended up getting a position uh, and I'm so, so, so thankful for this is I didn't have to move to Brisbane or Sydney. Uh, Byron Bay has this beautiful uh, um, arts industrial uh, estate. And thankfully, this company decided, the owner decided he loved Byron Bay and he was going to set up his uh, his head office in Byron Bay so he could just work and surf, you know, live in the life. That's awesome. Um I, s- I seen them advertising for a graphic designer one time. I threw my, threw my hat in the ring mm-hmm. and I got the job. Nice. And it was dope, man. And like, like when I when I started there, it was me, marketing manager, two external um, marketing consultant coordinators, and you know, f- periodically we had like a marketing assistant. So, I had a lot of um, experienced people around me, you know, and a lot of knowledgeable people. And I sponged, you know, I just completely sponged from those people were how they did marketing and they would teach me as I would go as I was doing a lot of the, like the graphic designing. Um, and so what essentially happened after five years, no one else worked in the marketing department other than me because mm. I kind of learnt the next person's up like their job and then that person's job. And I learnt what the external marketing coordinators and things like that, what they were doing. And so after five years, I'd superseded everyone and it was just me running the entire marketing department. And at the time, this company was turning over, you know, anywhere between 50 and $70 million a year. They had, um, the company had around about, um, you know, uh, fluctuated around about 45 franchises on the East Coast. It was, it's, this company's like about second to Stratco for like home improvement, home renovations and things like that. It's a, v- it's a very, very, very big company. You know, it's a very, very prestigious company over on the East Coast. So... Uh, this is, I was like going through a period of like skill acquisition. So I was learning from them. I was reading, researching, and I was implementing. Um, and what I was implementing was working, you know, the leads and the sales and things like that with our national sales manager, we were doing better for the company than ever. And this is coming from a young kid that uh, was a graphic designer that just sort of morphed and acquired all of these, uh, all of these skills. So uh, that's essentially how I learned a lot about, you know, marketing 
branding, uh, a lot of the sales conferences and things like that. I was the person that was always at the sales conference doing a lot of the, um, you know, taking the photos and collecting the content. And this is going back before, this is before Facebook or Instagram or anything like that. Really? So we were, we were back there and a lot of it was traditional marketing. Yeah, okay. A lot of it was traditional marketing. Uh, yeah. So essentially, yeah, man, I learned from all of these people. I superseded them all. Um, my sales uh, skills and all that came from, you know, three times a year, we would have these national conferences where all the, all these salesmen, and there'd be like 300 salesmen there and keynote speakers. Some of these guys were like, you know, pay, getting paid like fifty, sixty thousand $60,000. So here I am for eight years now, every year going to these uh, these sales conferences. And so again, I was acquiring all these uh, all this knowledge about sales and stuff like that. So yeah, that's essentially... Uh, how I uh, how I look. Oh, that's essentially, I guess, my skill set, my background from that, mm-hmm. and then that that's what I was saying before when I went and did my cert three and four. I came out. I knew how to run a business. I knew how to brand. I knew how to market. I knew how to sell, and that's why I sort of like instantly just hit the ground running. Yeah. Wow! So that explains a whole bunch because obviously you came into the industry with a pretty much already a well built up background reputation, and so that carried you along through the along the way so since you're now talking about marketing and branding and all that when it comes to running a business and all that um if there's some pts out there listening right now like what should they be doing when it comes to branding themselves as a pt Look, uh, that's a very broad question. No, I, no, I, like, I like it. I just I, like I'm probably going to start off with a very, very, very cliche answer. That's and, okay. And you've you've probably heard you've probably heard this. You got to know your why. Yeah, yeah. You know, like uh, I, I think when we were when we were recruiting for um, uh, Resolution Fitness in I think 2018, 19, we did about 95 interviews that year. Wow. And when we asked them, uh, we asked them, like, what do you get into? You know, being a PT. The answer was always, I like helping people. Mm. We get that. Yeah. What's deeper than that? Yeah, yeah. And you know, nine times out of ten, you they wouldn't have they they hadn't have thought of that. Mm-hmm. So if you want to brand yourself, you kind of got to know your why. Why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. You know, what do you what do you truly love about that? And have some depth about it. And I think from that, that's where you can then pull. You know, all right, well, I love it. Who do I love helping? Why do I really love helping these people? You know, then that's when you can then start positioning yourself in a particular kind of niche and then you can sort of then develop, you know, that you, you're you going to go on, you want to be an expert or you've got a passion in this particular niche. And I think building a brand around, you know, that is, is really, really, really important. You know, uh, like I said, you've got to know your why. And if you know your why, then you can sort of then start building out uh, what's my ideal client. Mm-hmm. You know, what are the five pain points that I want to specialize in to help provide solutions to my ideal client? You know, when you know what your ideal client is, you know what your why is, you know what you want to specialize in, what your passion is, you, then that sort of starts building the brand, you know, from the ground up. And when I've, uh, you know, taught branding or, you know, I've been going through branding exercises with a lot of PTs, the most common answer when you ask them, you're like, do you know what a brand is? And they go, yeah, it's a logo. Like, mm. A little bit more than that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's logo and the colours, my business card. Like, no, no, no. Like, technically, you're not wrong. Those are the way you communicate a brand, you know, but your brand really comes from, like I said, your why, understanding, you know, your ideal client, you know, building values and a brand personality around all that. And that all meshes together. And then that, what you know, what, what comes from that essentially is the way you communicate it through, you know, your visual stuff. So like your logo and stuff like that. But if I was to give a, you know, a personal trainer a tip, it's, it's really, yeah, know your why, 
understand who you love to help build an ideal client avatar off the back of that mm-hmm. and then start building you know your visual communications and then start being that specialist and own that space you love it you're passionate about it you know mm-hmm. you want to sort of uh, i think i think that's that goes a long way too is like when you position yourself as that specialist or that expertise to your ideal client um, that really moves you and positions you away from those people that i just like to help people mm. i just train gen pop i'm gonna help people lose weight you know what I mean? So, yeah, that would be my advice, my man. That's cool because mentioning about the Avatar, uh, that's always been something that I personally for myself have always like questioned because I say my main Avatar is mainly I like to train guys my age. Sure. I train many guys, my, like to train guys my age, one, because I'm, I'm only 23. I have a lot more in common with a uh, guy my age then I do have a 50-year-old woman or a 50-year-old man. I'm sorry. It's just, that's just the way that it is. It's just, it's no plain, plain and simple. Yeah. So that's why. However, I do have clients who are in their 50s. I do have men in their 50s. And I was always wondering, like, is, an av- it's good, I always tell, it's always good to have an avatar. But at the end of the day, as a personal trainer, you know, you want to have a business, you want to be helping as many people as you can. So rather than that branch out, and they do attract. So... Uh, I always tell people, be open, you know what I mean? Like, understand that when you're a personal trainer, you might have to, you, because fitness and health is a never-ending um, hole of information and it's on top of each other and you'll never know everything and, and all you ever know is a drop in the ocean, but you will attract people from all different walks of life. So I always mm. tell people mm. to stay, stay open and understand there's going to be times where you're going to have to wing it. They'll come to you with problems that you don't know, but you're going to have to, obviously tell the truth and try either way. So, I mean, in terms of having an avatar, I know obviously you mentioned how important. Um, how do you... Uh, can I... Can I kind of... Yeah, I, go I, on. I, I, think, I think I'm picking up what you're putting down where you, where you get to... Look, I, I guess like... I guess your, your question was like, what are some tips with branding? Yeah. And that's, that's sort of like my tips with branding. But yeah. you've got to... Like prior to that, like when you start out... You're going to be a generalist. Yeah. You are going to train anyone and everyone. And That's the reason yeah. is is because a lot of PTs, when they start out, you're in a scarcity mindset. Correct. You've got bills to pay. So you're not going to turn away. You're not going to turn away the 50-year-old. You're not going to turn away, you know, Debbie, who's 34, who wants to lose, you know, some body fat. You're not going to turn them away, mm-hmm. right? So if you're in a gym and you're front-facing, you're getting all these leads potentially coming from a gym, yeah, you are going to train anyone and everyone. Right, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean on your social media and your brand, you're still you can still start you know laying the foundation, the building blocks to start you know specialising and building this brand slowly. And as you move out of scarcity and you move more into abundance and you start building a bit more of a reputation, you'll probably you'll move from that generalist training gen pop, and then you'll start transitioning into that specialist mm-hmm. that specialises in your niche. And when you do, you'll attract that you know more so you'll attract that client. You know, and you'll be able to uh, charge more and earn more from that. Yeah, hundred uh, yeah, percent. Uh, there you go. So when you—that's the—that was perfect. Which you pretty much explained there. So, do you, do you believe there should be like a? And we're talking about time frames a lot in this podcast. So, do you believe there should be a time frame, or that people can go from you know when you start off your training, pretty much anyone you can get a hold of, and then you go to an avatar. What should be some steady? Um, like objectives that you should get to before you start doing that sort of like a so you're saying before you start specializing correct yeah look i don't think i i, I couldn't lay down like um time specifics because yeah. everyone's so different everyone's true true everyone's different um like i have a business coaching client 
she uh, she had she was working for a gym in Toowoomba in Queensland. Um, she had 13 clients. She was trying to move into the body transformation um, area. Uh, she'd had a massive, like she had a significant weight loss journey. She went down from like 140 kilos down to 85. She did it, you know, all, wow. the, all the right ways and, and kudos and props to her. You know, uh, we built a little bit of a TikTok uh, content strategy. She went from 80 followers to 16,000 and had like around about 280 leads hit her inbox. We created the, the funnel and bang, all of a sudden she's now specializing in stepping in the space. We did that in about three weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I guess like to answer your question, yeah, it is different from everyone, mm-hmm. you know, um, but you know, we're going to drop some more cliche. You got, I think you got to trust the process. True, true. You got to trust the process. And, and I think it's just understanding that concept, my man, of when you come out, you are going to train anyone and everyone. You are going to be a generalist. And I think being a generalist is a good thing because you're going to get such a broad range of clients, client goals. Um, program it's there's going to be a lot of different variables and you're going to learn really really quickly i like this type of training with this type of client mm-hmm. does this particular type of client have you know a set of you know common pain points is this a pati- is this particular client presenting as like a type of a niche because i'm really loving this it could be you know changing um middle-aged men from dad bod to shredded you yeah, know? It, could, yeah. it could be mm-hmm. you know it could be you know young men that are having trouble gaining lean muscle mass you know that you know so y- y- yeah the, i wouldn't say there is like an a, a, a set timeline to move from generalist to specialist it will organically happen yeah but there's no reason my man why you you know your social media and your content and everything in your building as soon as you find that love yep. and you find that passion you can start creating that content and building that platform especially on social media to put it out there and start attracting it yeah awesome so that's where we're kind of heading into right now because we've got all the broad stuff out of the way and now we can be a little bit more specific and obviously hats off to your the client who went with did you say with the TikTok strategy? Yeah, man, that's huge. I, I want to know a little bit more about this TikTok strategy. Like, how, because personally, for someone for myself, it wasn't only until three or four months ago I started taking TikTok and Instagram extremely seriously. So I've been putting out like a minimum of like three reels a day. I've been seeing, I've yeah. been seeing, I've been seeing them. They're good, man. They're yeah. good. Yeah. And the reason why I took that route is because. Uh, about personally about myself, back when I was in university, I uh, did stand-up comedy for over a year. So one thing I love about myself is I love to make a joke out of pretty much anything, you know. Uh, like uh, one thing we used to do is like uh, me and a couple of mates who I knew from stand-up days is that we'd literally take an object, it would make it a game and try and make jokes out of an object. And it was literally over anything. So that's why whenever I do reels, I would say the goal is to make it educational, but also make it funny. Yeah. That's that's yeah. what that's yeah. the main goal. So that's my brand uh my sort of way to go and putting in like three a day because i thought that's sort of how you get into the algorithm so tell me uh for the pts out there or people who are just trying to build a business in general what are some good strategies to have on tiktok slash reels i look uh, first of all I, I i love just just a quick segue i had no idea you were doing comedy yeah. that's that's absolutely amazing and yeah. i just like just I'll, I'll come back on it but uh so you guys would just pick up an object yep. and just sort of freestyle it yeah so literally yeah uh, for some things for say for example we would pick up it, let's say for example this water bottle yeah and then uh we try and make jokes about it or make analogies compared to a water bottle you know what i mean yeah, yeah. you know how the best way is like um for example uh 
you know the Bruce Lee story thing. He says you got to be like water. Yeah, yeah, flow like a lot of moon. Yeah, like water. yeah, 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 yeah. You got to yeah. make jokes about like a water cup. Like I, I don't know. If yeah. We used to make ones about bananas, and then <laughs> classic. Then he's like, oh, I can never eat a banana around my friend because that that or suggestive. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah things like that. Please and tell me you've you've watched last one laughing. Last one laughing Yeah have you not seen that I've heard of it Is that the one Where they had all those Comedians on that show yeah. And they all try And make jokes Yeah something like that You Man That, that <laughs> sounds exactly What you guys Were already doing you, Well before your time man. Well yeah. before your time Dude you have to You have to check that out It's oh. an absolute cack Yeah But com- coming coming back to uh, Say say TikTok I think it's like Any other um, uh, Any other Social media strategy We've got to realise At the moment You're sort of saying You, um, you want to make it Educational mm-hmm. As well as like Humorous And you're adding um, Entertainment to it Well you know I think that's like A lot of our Especially if you're A personal trainer it, Instagram and TikTok It's it's moved from being Just entertainment To infotainment mm-hmm. And it's how you Present that uh, I think is It goes a long way To you know Generating leads Generating followers And things like that but if I was to give some tips, it's about being consistent. Correct. You know, having, you know, a social media planner, you know, having a schedule and, you know, just having um, some intent behind that, you know, making sure you, you're creating content that is, you know, I, I like to break it down into the how, the what and the why. And the, the how is how you do things. You know, it's the more of the educational um, the what is about you what, what What is it about you that I need to know about Like it's behind the scenes What you like, what you do And the why is Well if you train with me um, The why is You know why, why should I train with you Here's the results Here's the social proof Here's the DMs and things like that So I think but Without me getting into Too many rabbit holes with that It's definitely like Just having um, A schedule being consistent, mm. having intent, and being raw and authentic, I think. And that's sort of like what we set up with this particular business coaching client of mine was we set up a schedule, we found the right sounds. Um, she was a, she was pr- pretty, good, pretty good on TikTok already, but she just didn't have that structure. And she was, I think she was kind of ashamed of like her weight loss journey. Okay. And it was when we sort of like um, talked about that and she promoted that, that's, I think that raw and authentic side and props to her for doing that. And that's where that TikTok blew up to like 3.5 million. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Holy so, crap. So, and and, she, and she's, she's done that time and time again after that. Like it's, uh, yeah, the algorithm or the TikTok algorithm has done that and compounded that for her, you yeah. know, and props to her. We, we created a funnel coming out of the DMs. Mm. So people were DMing. We were then, you know, put them through like a qualified sort of a sort of a sales funnel, and then yeah, she ended up uh, converting a hell of a lot, and she went straight from being a um, a PT in a world's gym, and she's now uh, an online PT on the Gold Coast. Fantastic! Yeah. I feel like when you told her to, no, I mean, when she opened up about her weight loss journey, that show is almost like what you get taught with the power of like connection posts um, where people talk about their story and mm. they people tell about where they're from because they're ev- right e- I always say to pretty much everyone deep down is insecure or has, or has their insecurities but when a powerful thing about social media is that when people share their insecurities as a way of branding themselves pardon me it does sort of show to the audience hey man this person's like achieve what i want to achieve so i'll go work with them or that person's just like me so i can relate to them on a way so 
um, that's one thing that a lot of I see a lot of personal trainers doing is like make like these connection posts. So that's definitely the way to go. Uh, now this is when you talk about structure, when you talk about strategy, do you believe that there should be some absolutely like non-negotiables when it comes to social media and being consistent? So are you someone or would you recommend that, that some non-negotiables, non-negotiables would be like post every day, message three people every day, follow certain amount of people every day or was it what you can manage really? Yeah, look, I, th- I think you just, yeah, I, th- I think it is, uh, it is definitely on, on what you can manage. And I guess it's like a testament to like what your business goals are. Like for a lot of um, PTs, like if we build to capacity in gym and they want to move into online, well, then we'll, we will transition and also to lay, lay a path down of like we need to commit to X amount of posts per week. Um, and when I'm doing that with a, with a personal trainer, it really is, you know, factoring in their workload because, you know, I've, I've, I, I think I've done this the hard way and if I've even done this to myself is like, ideally, yeah, we want to be, you know, posting seven days a week. We want to have some mini KPIs for Instagram where we're going to message X amount of people, follow, unfollow X amount of people, go through this whole process. But it, it's different for everyone because burnout happens, man. It's a real thing. Mm-hmm. And I think PTs are, are absolutely prone for burnout. You know, you're doing split shifts and things like that. So, yeah, again, man, the non-negotiables is different for everyone. And I mm-hmm. hate to lay some down right now and have a PT go follow that and just absolutely cook Good. themselves. Good. Good. You know? yeah. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I think, like I was sort of saying before, I think a lot of PTs, their content is really self-centered it is Mm. a lot about them it's their selfies and things like that and i think when you move from that and you'll see like a lot of people start using like carousels like swipe posts and things like that to educate their followers it moves you from it just being about you your followers then see that you're now an educator you're a specialist you're building that authority and that's why i think it's really important to start providing education through your platform so your followers, yeah, they can see this This person really knows what they're talking about. And especially if that educational content is really niche specific as well. Correct. Um, and yeah, and then and then obviously putting in the results, you know, the, the you know, um, screenshotting those DMs that you've just murdered someone on the leg day or something like yeah. that. You know, they're like, oh my God, you yeah. know, like the social proof is really, really important. But I like what you were saying before, man, is that when you put your raw self out there, you know, it it, it humanizes you. You know, mm. and, and I think people resonate more with authenticity and sincerity. And I think, you know, like in sales, people buy you before they buy the product or the service. Mm-hmm. So if they're buying you, you know, and you're being raw and authentic, you're going to maximize your chances of converting followers into actual paying clients. Yeah. The, the last, I reckon the best piece of advice I was ever given and then I would share with everyone about content is create content that you actually really enjoy doing mm. because if you're not enjoying it then what the fuck so yeah, yeah. um there was a uh, friend of mine who i knew she was really really big into clothing and she was a personal trainer as well and she loved active wear and then i the best piece of advice i ever gave her is like did you ever consider maybe just putting posts about and she was looking for you know content to post do you ever think about maybe just reviewing active wear like yeah. you and help reaching out to brands and trying it on and saying why you love it and then working out in it and then how you feel working out in it and then since then she absolutely loved it and she just went on an absolute roll another guy who i told was he um he came from i think he came from a rugby background and i said to him okay well why don't you just make content about 
exercises that you enjoy when you were doing rugby or in that way you can show that you've got something that you either a you enjoy doing b you actually know quite a lot of already about even if it attracts general pop but also something that content you actually give a shit about because i mean like i say again oversaturated people post for the sake of posting it mm. and then um one I remember reading this the other day about here's a guys on social media as well. It's not you're not being blacklisted. It's because of your content, and the more you know uh, quality the content, the more quality you're going to quantity you're going to attract. So that's that's what I, anyway, I wanted to just finish up on. Um, now, sorry, moving on just before I get sidetracked. Uh, there's actually one thing I want to talk a little bit more about your business now. Sure, um, sure. So I remember there was one point where I don't want to call out or. You know, straight to ego. But I remember when we were over the phone, and then we literally had a discussion about when we were going to do this. And you called me up. He's like, "Hey, man, I think I've got about how many clients did you say it was? Like sixty. Sixty. First of all, I'm going to say, wow, that is insane, man. So how do you, how do you manage all those people at once? Like, how do you? Are you someone that manages your time and still makes time for things like this? Look, I live out of my calendar. There you go. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. And and it, it, all my PTs, if they're listening to this, they know I do. Yeah, and, and I'm a firm believer. And, and it's the same for being a PT. Yeah. Um, you know, like when a PT comes on board with me, the first thing I ask them is what's capacity? And we go through and we work out how many possible sessions can you fill in mm-hmm. for, for the week. And... You know, if they've never used Google Calendar before, I guarantee you after that first week, they're living and breathing out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's about time management, man. It, it really is for me. You know, I have to optimize my days. Uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm very, very stringent and strict on the uh, on the calendar, man. That's how I, how I keep it all organized. Um, look, I'm not going to lie. I've gone through periods of like burnout. Mm-hmm. Um, I've gone through periods where, yeah, it does become a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think I've also had to learn how to set boundaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think with social media and having like your smartphone, I think we've become very, very custom of thinking everyone's accessible all the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in the early days, you know, I love what I do, man. Mm. I absolutely love it. And mm. so if, if PT messaged me at 9pm and I'm still on the couch watching maybe a bit of Netflix or something like that, or I've like woken up at, you know, 5.30 in the morning, message, I, mess- I used to message them. Mm-hmm. You know, and then as I acquired more and more clients, the mm-hmm. messages coming in at like really, really random times and things like that, I could see it was encroaching on like my time with my partner and things like that. So for me, it was about, you know, setting those boundaries of like, this is like, this is, you know, because it's, it's it, when you run your own business and PTs will know this. It's not like you go to work at nine and finish at five. Nope. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're kind of on uh, a lot of the time. So. For me, it was about setting structure and boundaries of like, this is when I will do like my customer service to mm. my, my coaching clients. This is when I will offer my support is in these hours. And then, um, yeah, man. So it's uh, setting boundaries, mm-hmm. having structure and uh, yeah, like I, I'm human, man. Some days it's not, it's, it's, uh, it can be overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And I was actually having this conversation with, uh, with a gentleman recently and it's uh, similar to what we were discussing i think when you start a business and i was saying about scarcity mindset that has a lot of stress mm-hmm. you've got bills coming out you've got gym rent um you've got to make clients you're gonna maybe drop your prices just to get them on board um and there is a mind you know there is stress associated with that but like completely on the polar opposite to that when you have complete abundance and 
you having to turn people away and you, you, you're trying to manage you know, a large amount of people, abundance has its own stress if you don't have the right structure mm. um, and, and all of that set up. So, yeah, mate. It's, uh, like I said, live out of the calendar. Live out of the calendar. Live out of the calendar. That's Good. it. Well, well said. Now, personally, you talked about burnout. Now, I believe I am a sole believer that there's no such thing as 24-7, 365 on the grind. I mm. honestly am... I honestly am someone who truly understands rest and values it. So now, obviously, but we're not we're not doctors here and all that. There's no we're not giving out like actual scientific advice. <laughs> no, but I want to actually ask you about Ben. Okay, for someone who's someone such as yourself who has such a high output, who's managing all this such a high amount of responsibility, and you've experienced it yourself, how? And this is also for a PT listening as well. Like, how can you detect early signs of burnout and how can you help manage it as well based on your experience? Yeah, sure, sure. Like, for, for are you asking sort of like in my experience of how I see it with happening with PTs? Uh, and how you experienced it yourself, yes. Yeah, yeah, look, uh, I kind of like, like most PTs, you know, I know on the East Coast, a lot of PTs will do like hour sessions, uh, yeah, but commonly we like, you know, we, we're doing like 45, ses- 45 minute sessions, right? Mm-hmm. I kind of know that when you start getting up to high 30s, Mm-hmm. Right per week, you're doing thirty to 40, 45 minute sessions a week. You're getting up in that range. Yeah, I know you're getting close. Yeah, um, uh, classic signs is like if you're and you got to remember, like you know, we we look at the hospital industry and go, wow, they do a lot of split shifts. Yeah, <laughs> so does the personal training industry. Yeah. We do a hell of a lot of like split shifts. Working in the morning, we're working in the afternoon. You know, that's you know before and after the conventional nine to five job. And I think if you're if you're doing your split shift and in the middle of the day you're coming back, you're crashing, mm-hmm. you know, you're sleeping, you're feeling lethargic, mm-hmm. you're hitting pre you know, hitting pre workout, yeah, you're not spending time to create content, you know, the motivation is waning, mm-hmm. then they're all telltale signs that, yeah, something, you know, you're burning out, especially if you're doing a lot, a lot of sessions. Um I think the the best way to solve that, and that's kind of what I do with a lot of the PTs that I coach, is we will sort of sit down in the early days and work out like what is an ideal week look like for you. And so what I get them to do is I will say, factor in how many 45-minute sessions can you do in this whole week, Mm -hmm. right? They always overshoot it. Yeah. And I always go, right, cool. Now I want you to factor in content creation i want you to factor in meal prep i want you to factor in your training i want you to factor in doing absolutely nothing Mm. which is important like doing absolutely nothing but like nothing could be personal development reading a book going to the beach taking the dog for a walk factor Mm -hmm. it in and then that there now we know what your earning capacity is that there we now know what your magic number is and as we get close to that number like say that's 35 sessions let's let's say it's 30 sessions a week that's your capacity now that you've factored in everything you you overshot it you said i can do 40 a week we then factored in all that all the other facets of business life you know downtime balance cool we paired it back to 30 when I know um, with some of the software that I give them, once we start getting to like, you know, say 25, 27 sessions, I will check in with them and go, how is balance? Mm. How are you going? So I think having set KPIs and having your ideal week structured gives you a more of a holistic handle on the business and way, the way it impacts your other, the other facets of life. And that sort of sets you up for, you know, avoiding, you know, any particular type of burnout. Wow. Shit, damn. So, 
that's not something I've ever done before as well because we're there, we you know we live our schedules and we have everything set, but obviously the amount of sessions they could do and the things they want to do and the time they spend doing nothing. Um, I've all, I've always believed that you know you should slowly build into it and where you can, um, but ideally uh, it should. The split shifts is definitely something that, I've, in my experience as well, hopefully in the future, and I believe a lot of PTs will tell the same, is like not doing it every day and like maybe just sticking to boundaries. Yeah. That's the that's the one thing I always say because, like um. They want to be come off as a very dedicated and motivated person, and I feel like for a lot of PTs, a hard thing for them to do is to say no to their clients. Mm. Like for me personally, one thing I don't do is don't train on Sundays, don't do anyone Sunday. Sunday has to be the day off for me because yeah. even though people do ask for it, and it's when I first started being a PT, I used to train on anyone anytime they could have the calendar completely free, whatever they wanted. If they wanted to do Sundays, we'll do Sundays just because I wanted to come off of them as like dedicated so they stay on board. And in my experience, I've spoken to PTs, you know, who's a dad, someone's a mum, she's getting ready for a competition. And they've always said, people always respect, if people who always respect others' boundaries, they're the ones who are more likely to stay because they understand that if they can understand like, okay, I've got to go pick the kids up from school. So I'm not going to train from this time. They'll be like, oh, okay, then I understand. And that's the person who will, they want to work with themselves as a client. But if a client said, that's not good enough, you have to see a CV, then a person is a personal trainer. Yeah. That's not the kind of person you want to, want to work with. So it does work kind of hand in hand with the clients that you have. Yeah. I would say so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, cool. Awesome. So moving on to the next part. Last but not least, um, these are these are more like rapid fire. If Ooh. I could just give some uh, before, because we only got ten minutes, man. There were some things I wanted to put, and this is based on the uh, what's it called, which you put up on your Instagram as well. So I wrote some of these things down. Uh, first, right off the bat, I have is: Can you give personal trainers three easy apps or softwares to use to help them? Yeah, sure, sure. Uh. I think the, f the first one that I love is Google Calendar. If you want, you yeah, Calendar you software straight off the bat. Yep. Calendar software. I was just thinking about this the other day. Three. Yeah. Top three. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be top three, but just three. Like any any anyone that comes to mind. I'm, I'm probably going to give you the three and then I'm going to be driving home going, fuck, I should have <laughs> said that one. Um, yeah, it, it, it's definitely a, a, a calendar software. Mm -hmm. um, I definitely would say Calendly mm -hmm. for booking. That mm -hmm. I, I love. I love the integration from. Mm -hmm. Look, if you're an online coach and you are doing like Zooms and things like that, I think the Zoom Calendly um, uh, Google Calendar combo and how you can integrate all of those works an absolute dream. And I'm talking very business sense here. Mm -hmm. Having a training app. Uh -huh. Is I think is is paramount these days. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if if most of us here are training Gen Pop, and it is um, you know the main thing you know for Gen Pop to achieve their goal is just merely adherence, compliance, and consistency. Having a training app where you can actually see what they're doing, how they're doing it in the training app, you know, I think that's paramount. You know, so uh, training app software, mm -hmm. Google Calendar. I know I went a bit of a rabbit hole there with the business side of things. That's all cool. Um, later like a posting schedule for there content creation yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so uh, let me let me let me let me bring it back mm -hmm. calendar training app and a posting software scheduling software for your content later yeah. awesome and next up is on the what is it um 
was on the training uh, client sort of thing. I know it depends, but what do you believe is an appropriate pricing? And even though it's based on value, value values are one thing, but do you, what's across the board, what do you think the flat norm should be? The, the flat norm. Yeah. Wow, yeah. I've, I've had many, many, many discussions recently in like our Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Flat norm, like uh, for it, it, because like I coach people from Tasmania mm-hmm. to Cairns, Northern Territory, you know. Um, so it's interesting when a lot of PTs come on board and sort of start saying, oh, this is what um, someone has said to me. And you're getting all these different variables with like pricing, but I think 45 minutes is generally anywhere between a 60 and 70. Mm-hmm. 30 minute is usually around about 50. I have a lot of, I have had a lot of people sort of question me, why would you do 30 minute sessions? Especially like, and, and, and my answer is, is if you've got elderly, heavily obese, um, you know, rehab, prehab, things like that, then it is applicable. But ju- generally the standard is a 45 minute, a single 45 minute session is anywhere between 60 and $70. Mm-hmm. There you go. There you go. There that, you go. That's solid. That's, that's solid my way man. to put it. My man. Okay. Last one. Uh, in terms of things such as uh, clients, I mean, how many um, is, would you say, is you should be, I know it's everyone's different, but say, I'm gonna give you a little bit of context. Someone who's been, who's been a personal trainer for straight up a year. What is the minimum they should be, uh, have, uh, should be, what's the minimum they should be seen on the floor? And what do you believe the absolute maximum they should be on the floor? If they've been, if they've been there for a year? Yep. Uh, I, I wouldn't say it's like a, a client number. I yeah. would also say it's probably more like a session number. Sorry, that was yeah. the, that yeah, was no, mean no, how, that bit, contact bit, time. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. So 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 sessions. How many sessions should they have after a year? Yeah. Uh, based on the price that I just just uh, just gave before, I I would like to say I, if you've been doing it for a year. Uh, I'd love to say, you know, anywhere between, you know, 20 and 30, 30 is on the higher end. Mm-hmm. Like generally what I would do with say like PTs is we would scale up to where like, we know what their budget is. Mm-hmm. We know what your what you need to earn. And now we know what your earning capacity is based on what we've worked out for your ideal week and how many sessions you can fit in. Once we start getting closer to capacity, yeah, essentially then we want to like start upping the price or start transitioning the leads that you generate in a gym. Now we want to pull them to online clients. Now we want to pull people from social media. So after a year, it could be that we reevaluate your business and transition that this is going to be more of a hybrid model. It's going to be more of an online model, but to stick within your parameters, my man. And if it's just in a gym, yeah, I'd say like around the 30 mark. Awesome. Around the 30 mark. Awesome. So... That was it. That was all we got. So Ooh. before we uh, before we clear up, Adam, uh, obviously some people are going to be listening, so they will be w- obviously want to be following you. So how can I get in contact with you, and where can they find you, buddy? Awesome, man. Look, if it's at PT Mechanics on all platforms. Just hit us up at PT Mechanics. Flick us a DM, and we can go from there. Awesome. Well, I very much appreciate your time, Adam. It's been an honor, man. My all man. the best. Thank finally, you. Thank you. we got here. We got finally, here. Finally, it was definitely <laughs> worth it in the end. My man. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Turning off. <laughs>